Welcome to the Liberty, Leadership, and Lies podcast. I'm your host, Larry Linton, and on this podcast, we'll be talking about, yep, you guessed it, liberty, leadership, and lies. More importantly, how the liberty, leadership, and lies apply to our government at the federal and state levels. So stand by as we kick off this episode. Episode 4, Lies. As always, I would like to encourage you to provide feedback on this as well as every other episode you listen to. I've received some great constructive criticism already that I am incorporating into the show. Together, you and I, we can restore our constitutional republic by telling each other the truth. You can contact me by sending an email to Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. Again, that is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. You can also send feedback through the website. That's at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. Kaylee has done a wonderful job maintaining and updating the website. I sure am blessed to have a wonderful, extremely talented daughter, don't you think? Now on to the topic of lies. As always, let's get the definition for a lie out there. Again, from Dictionary.com, a lie is a false statement made with a deliberate intent to deceive an intentional untruth, a falsehood, or something intended or serving to convey a false impression, or an inaccurate or false statement. I know that I really should not have to define the word, but I just want to tie that in or keep that fresh in everybody's mind while we go over the material during today's episode. See if it meets the definition of lies. I know we've all had to deal with lies in our lives. We get it from family members, friends, co-workers, children, strangers. Some lies are big, some lies are small. But a lie is always told with the intent to deceive. In reality, I could call this podcast Just Lies by calling out the government leadership's multiple and generational lies to we, the citizen sovereigns, that are destroying our liberty. We could literally spend hours and hours on lies the government's told us. Let's get into a few specifics, just a couple in the time frame we have. The most sneaky way the government lies to we the people is in the titles and brief descriptions or stated purposes they assign to pieces of legislation, especially at the federal level. They assign these titles and descriptions to the legislation like a used car salesman gives to that old beater they're trying to sell you. You know, hey, he's got brand new tires. Or grandma only drove it to church on Sunday for the last 30 years. Or, you know, it has a few glitches, but it runs like a champ. It'll get you to work. Shiny, bright sales pitches. Because they don't actually want we, the people, to read the piece of legislation that will actually deprive us of our liberty, our sweat equity. Titles of legislation are put out there to convey a sense of, hey, we're working for you, the American people. Can't you tell by the name of the bill we're proposing? A great example is the recently passed H.R. 1319 that was given the title of the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. The bill's stated purpose is that it, quote, provides additional relief to address the continued impact of COVID-19 on the economy, 
public health, state and local governments, individuals, and businesses. Never mind that the words continued impact and the stated purpose of the bill is even remotely tied to the fact that most of the impact has come from either A, inappropriate and often unconstitutional actions taken by our government, federal or state, or B, appropriate and constitutionally based inaction by the government. Remember, there is nothing so well designed on this planet to take our liberty, our sweat equity, our time, and our freedoms away from us than the government we elected, but yet practiced no oversight of. But back to the bill. You know, we talked about it in a previous episode, but the taxpayers were hit hardest by the COVID-19 pandemic. So they passed this third iteration of a relief bill. And it's $1.9 trillion that was appropriated in this bill. Yet only $1,400 is going to individual taxpayers. Don't forget, it's only going to taxpayers that made less than $75,000 a year as an individual or $150,000 as a couple. So if you take those amounts and you multiply that by the number of taxpayers in our country, you get an amount of just a little bit over $200 billion that's going to the people that were out of work. And that $75,000 cutoff point is a kicker, though. Most small businesses in our country are owned by individuals where that is their sole source of income. They will easily pass that $75,000 or $150,000 threshold and not get the stimulus. You hear that word stimulus and you got to think, well, what's actually being stimulated here? And it also seems like because of those thresholds, our government must have something against the small business owners in this country. You have to wonder not only where the other $1.7 trillion is going to, if not to the individual taxpayers or small business owners, that were crushed by these government-ordered lockdowns. Well, I went through the bill, and here's just a small breakdown of that huge debt that's going to be loaded onto our shoulders. $4 billion is going to the Department of Agriculture to make loans and grants. Isn't that a beauty? That's our tax money. It's appropriated to the Department of the Government that makes loans available to the people that are providing the funds in the first place. And loans, remember, loans have to be paid back. Let me try to explain it like this. So Farmer Tommy pays a huge amount of taxes every year. Got a great big farm. But because of the government lockdowns and market restrictions, he was either unable to harvest his crops or move his crops to market last year. So Farmer Tommy is now operating his farm at a loss. His farm, again, is a small business. So 2019 income for him and his family will most likely exceed that $150,000 cutoff. Also, being a small business means that Farmer Tommy not only pays employee taxes on his income, but he gets to pay the employer's share as well. Yep, business owners get to pay taxes for the employees they have. Isn't that a beauty? So it was a shock to me when I started my company and had to pay my taxes quarterly like that. I had to get a CPA to figure it out. And the rate that I have to pay or set aside or pay every quarter of the income that I earn 
turns out to be that for the first four months of the year, I'm not getting paid for the whole year. I have to work the first four months of the year just to give that to Uncle Sam. But back to Farmer Tommy. So he's going to need money now and more than the paltry $1,400 to him and his spouse that the stimulus will provide so that he can plant new crops this year because of his losses in 2020. Da, da, da. Here comes the American Rescue Plan Act to save the day. It authorizes the Secretary of Agriculture to give Farmer Tommy a loan so he doesn't lose his farm and now he can plant some new crops this spring. That's a loan. That means Farmer Tommy must pay the money back to the government. Money that the government has already received or will receive in the future from Farmer Tommy. Of course, going to the government for a loan will be much more attractive than going to a bank because it'll be either zero interest or low interest. So that makes the government option much more appealing, but only on the surface. Because in reality, Farmer Tommy is borrowing his own money from the government that has already acquired his tax money, or the government's borrowed from other countries based upon Farmer Tommy's future tax receipts. So Farmer Tommy and every other small business owner in the country has now become Oliver Twist, going up to the government, please, sir, may I have some more? And of course, the government's going to say, sure, Oliver, here's your money that the government rep takes out of the wallet while our backs are turned. They'll go, here you go, Oliver, but don't forget, you have to pay it back. It's a brilliant scheme, but only if you're intent on defrauding the citizens of this country. Yet here we are. We're buying this bull fertilizer from our elected representatives. The government's here to rescue America, right? Well, that's what the bill says it does. Rescuing America from what, exactly? Well, it's a lie. It's not rescuing us, it's rescuing big government. Or the government figures it wants to rescue us from liberty, from freedom. The more people that are dependent on the government, the better in their eyes, right? Here's another example of fraud under the Secretary of Agriculture. The department is authorized to reimburse for revenue lost during the COVID-19 pandemic. Really? More government taking money from taxpayers or borrowing it from other countries based upon future receipts to reimburse for lost revenue that was really caused by the government in the first place. They are truly intent on creating a dependent populace made that way because of the government's policies and actions. Here are some more tidbits from the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. $40 billion to the Department of Education. $135 million to the National Endowment for the Humanities. What happened to the endowment? Did COVID kill an inanimate object? More likely it was some fraud, waste, and abuse that is inherent in any big government program. It either killed or siphoned it dry. How about this? $200 million to the Institute of Museum and Library Services. What? Do they have to revamp the Dewey Decimal System or, or invent a new system to replace it? OSHA gets $100 million. 
10 million of which is for training grants and 12.5 million is for the Department of Labor Inspector General. Inspector General, what, did he get killed by COVID? Do we got to pay his family $12.5 million? How was the Inspector General's office impacted by COVID? So I was online reading articles about this bill, seeing what the media is saying about it. And there was a recent New York Times article titled Stimulus Bill Transform Options for State and Local Governments. That, that says all you need to know right there. Not the American Rescue Plan or the Stimulus Bill helps the American citizen, but it transform options for the state and local governments. A top elected official from a county in Texas is eagerly awaiting the stimulus money that is about to be delivered to his county. More than $200 million, and that's just one county. That stimulus money isn't being delivered for the people, but for the government of the county. And the paper of record, the old gray lady, doesn't even call out the federal government on that. They are a cheerleader for big government. Here's some more tidbits from the bill. And after you hear them, honestly ask yourselves if this bill again, titled American Rescue Plan Act, is actually rescuing our country. There's $9 billion, billion with a B, $9 billion for foreign aid. Foreign, meaning not American. $750 million for the CDC, Center for Disease Control. It's got to be good, right? It must be for COVID. Nope, that money is earmarked for CDC activities other than COVID. Oh, the CDC gets another $500 million to upgrade its computer systems. And then $4 billion for substance abuse matters. And then there's a little earmark for $570 million for federal employee leave. They get all this paid leave now. But it's only for the federal employees that had to take extra leave to deal with their children not being in schools. You and I? Well, we didn't have to take leave from our jobs. Government lockdowns caused some of our jobs to completely disappear. Or if we still had jobs, we had to find some other way for our kids to be educated and cared for while we were out trying to earn a living during the pandemic. Unless, of course, you were deemed to be an essential worker. How did we as Americans get to the point where we allowed our government to tell us which jobs were essential and which ones weren't? I mean, to me, everybody's job is essential to the person working it, or it should be. And there's more. $50 billion for FEMA for natural disasters. Apparently, COVID causes tornadoes, earthquakes, hurricanes, wildfires, and other natural disasters. The world's deadliest virus, with a survival rate greater than 99%, is downright devious, isn't it? Human health, it's affected, and natural disasters. Then there's $650 million for cybersecurity. This is one that confused me for a bit. It's $200 million for the United States Digital Service. I did not even know that department of the government existed until I read the bill. So apparently... An already government-funded program needs more money separate from COVID relief. So let's throw it in this American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. Brilliant. 
another $1 billion for the Technology Modernization Fund. Tack on $150 million for federal employee salaries. And the list goes on and on and on. This bill funds, on top of already regularly appropriated money, every part of our extremely bloated government. Yep, rescuing the American citizen. It is only rescuing and growing the federal and state governments. We the people, the citizen sovereign, actually needs rescuing from our government. We need true servant leaders from our communities and our states to represent us in Washington, D.C. We need our population to wake up from our apathy and kick almost every single one of those people out of office and send them packing. We need to tell them that their job is now non-essential. Read the bill. Know how much of our freedoms are being sucked from us. They're being sucked from us by the people that are elected to protect our freedoms. There's a great quote I'd like to share with you that came from former Senator and presidential candidate Barry Goldwater. He said, The income tax created more criminals than any other single act of government. Truer words about the income tax were never spoken. It created criminals in two different ways. The first way was by forcing citizens to pay it, and some are just either going to refuse it and end up going to jail, paying a fine, or they have to force themselves to cheat and lie just to keep some of their own sweat equity. The government's generational theft causes our citizens to lie just to keep what is theirs. The second way is the most serious, though. The 535 people in the House of Representatives and the Senate, along with over a million employees of the federal government, go to work and work hard each and every day to use the power of government to steal our liberty, steal our wealth, steal our freedom, steal our sweat equity, and put us into debt bondage for the rest of our lives. Our national debt of funded liabilities, incurred by our elected government officials but placed on our backs, stands at over $28 trillion right now. Our government has borrowed money in our names, with the end result of every taxpayer in the country having over $200,000 in debt. That's their fair share, or their, I hate that word, fair share, those words. That is their share of the national debt. Every taxpayer owes $200,000 of the national debt. But that doesn't even touch the debt in unfunded liabilities per taxpayer. That amount right now is over $480,000 per citizen. That means every man, woman, a child alive in our country today, not just the taxpayers. So our government has saddled nearly every taxpayer in this country with nearly three-quarters of a million dollars of debt. And that doesn't include the debt we incur ourselves, personal debts. You know, our credit cards, our mortgages, our car loans, the debts that we actually agree to. We sign the contract knowing exactly what we are getting into. The artful lies by our elected representatives are a different animal, though. 
That is debt that Washington, D.C. puts on our backs with brilliantly titled or named legislation that make it seem like they care about us. They do not care about anything other than their own positions of power. They spend our money without a care in the world because it's not their money. They are elected to protect our God-given rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But they are selling us into a generational bondage that is nearly impossible to escape from at this point. So we have to put an end to this. We need to put an end to this. We need to wake up and throw this apathy off of us. I'd like to pause for a brief message for a supporter of this podcast. For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha, in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Rose area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the phone number is 757-962-0102. Back to lies and how the government uses them when naming legislation to get buy-in from a mostly apathetic electorate. Another great example is H.R. 1 that is titled For the People Act of 2021. Its stated purpose is to expand Americans' access to the ballot box, reduce the influence of big money in politics, strengthen ethic rules for public servants, and implement other anti-corruption measures for the purpose of fortifying our democracy and for other purposes. You have to love that, and for other purposes, is in there. Of course, this proposed legislation enjoyed bipartisan support, you think, right? Absolutely not. That should be a warning right there. When one of the two major political parties in this country wholeheartedly supports a bill and does not get one single vote from the opposition party, it only means one thing. It's a huge lie. Remember, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Or if you like your health insurance plan, you can keep your plan. Or your health insurance premiums will go down. It's the same thing right here. This bill will do away with state laws on proving eligibility to vote. It's a clear violation of the Constitution that gives the individual states the power to establish how elections are conducted in those states. It would make absentee ballots more insecure than they were in the 2020 election. That should give us all a tingle of excitement, right? It also restricts the state's ability to clean up voter registration rolls. 
I guess they want more dead people voting or people voting in more than one state at one time. How did that work out for our country in 2020? That election still isn't valid in a lot of people's minds. It would also force states to allow online voter registration. So when I think about forcing the states to go completely online for voter registration or actually use it, it makes me think about the federal government's inability to stop the solar winds hacking debacle that affected almost every part of our government, as well as the multiple alerts I get all the time about possible hacking of my personal information. There is no more secure method of registering to vote than showing up in person, providing a valid ID, and signing the paper. Don't you think? Why would our government want to encourage or invite the multiple problems this will cause? Well, you guessed it. To gain power. To ensure that the political party that proposed, passed, and signed into law this atrocity will forever remain in power. It also imposes regulatory restrictions on political speech and activity. Talk about silencing dissenting opinions, right? Benjamin Franklin is quoted as saying, Whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. Well, that's exactly what this bill will do. There is truth to the phrase, If you can't stand the heat, then stay out of the kitchen. Well, one political party decided to completely remodel the kitchen so they don't have to be exposed to any heat with this bill. Do you think that bodes well for our representative republic? Oh, get this. This bill also sets up a public funding program for candidates running for Congress. Really? As if they did not get enough of our sweat equity through the taxes and fees they impose on us, now they want to force us to pay for their campaign? Well, this bill is in the Senate right now, so there's a possibility that it can be stopped. But we all have to get involved. Every single one of us. Every senator on both sides of the aisle need to hear from we, the citizen sovereign, to not pass this bill. Again, go online. You must read this bill for yourself. Not enough of us read these things that Congress pushes through in the name of helping us. That kind of help is like throwing a lead ring painted to look like a life preserver to a person drowning in the ocean. No thanks. I believe we have had enough quote-unquote help from the political class, from the new aristocracy. We need to treat every one of those clowns like Cersei Lannister in the HBO series Game of Thrones, don't you think? They need to be shaved, stripped naked, marched down the street with citizens yelling shame at them. Every representative and senator for the last few decades should have to answer for what they have done to our country. Not only did they not uphold their oath to the Constitution of the United States of America, they completely violated it. Some bold representative or senator should introduce a bill in Congress right now that would remove any member of either house that proposes legislation that violates the plain language of the Constitution. See how fast they start reading that document. They should be tossed to the curb with only enough money for bus fare back to their hometown. I'd like to pause for a brief message from a supporter of this podcast. (music) 
Linton Leadership and Management Consulting is a veteran-owned and operated consulting company based out of Sevierville, Tennessee, with a local, national, and global reach. At Linton Leadership and Management Consulting, we provide leadership, human performance, and management consulting services, as well as coaching to companies of any size on methods to improve performance in their organizations. One-on-one coaching and mentoring is available to all individuals at any level of your organization. Additionally, large and small group seminars can be conducted. In these seminars, information on leadership tactics and techniques is shared, best practices discussed, and team building exercises are conducted, all of which serve to highlight methods on ways to increase the team's and the individual's performance. You can email the show to get the conversation started on exploring ways that we can work together to improve your team's performance. A significant discount will be offered to any Sevier County, Tennessee businesses. I hope you all can see what is happening here in our constitutional republic. It is rapidly turning into that in name only. And that leads me to one of the longest running lies about our country. For this lie, we get to thank our public schools. Scratch that. They're government schools funded by our tax dollars. We are paying to have our future generations uneducated about our founding fathers and the republic they fought for and passed down to us. Maximilien Robespierre's famous quote applies to big government and its takeover of our children's education. He said, and I quote, The secret of freedom lies in educating people, whereas the secret of tyranny is in keeping them ignorant. They keep our kids doom-scrolling social media, making TikTok videos, and teaching the useless bull fertilizer only serves one purpose. It is to keep the new aristocracy in power. But back to the biggest lie. You will hear politicians, reporters, pundits, people of all stripes call our country a democracy. Perhaps even you do. I remember that I used to call it that. I was taught that we are a democracy. But our founding fathers did not give us a government of mob rule, where a simple majority of the country dictates every aspect of the country's direction. We are a constitutional republic with democratic principles. The Founding Fathers detested and feared setting up a democracy as our form of government. It has been said that democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what to have for lunch. But individual liberty, our God-given right guaranteed by the Constitution, liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. Well, that is all we have time for today on Lies. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, you can do so through donations on the show's channel at Anchor. Although you can hear this podcast on multiple platforms as well, please listen to it through the Anchor app. The more listeners on that platform will open this podcast up to being sponsored by many different people. Any support will be greatly appreciated, and it will also help to get the message out and help to cure our nation of voter apathy and elected representatives' apathy towards their oaths to the Constitution. If you are a returning listener, I am grateful that you made the decision to listen to this podcast again. It is always my sincere hope that you will enjoy this enough that you will share it with your family, friends, co-workers, and neighbors. I would like to leave you with this for the rest of the week from God's Word. Proverbs 13, 5. 
The righteous hate what is false, but the wicked make themselves a stench and bring shame on themselves. Washington, D.C. is a stench-filled location filled with people that should be ashamed of themselves. Reveille, it's time to wake up.